world who hates fucking hates the cruise on and off button it's it's the vehicular equivalent of the are you sure okay cancel it just why do i have to turn the cruise on and off it's something that every car has done forever and now they've got to keep doing it just fucking get rid of it i don't want to push cruise on and then just let me go save me the hassle save me the cost of the extra fucking button Figure your shit out, every company ever that makes cars. What are you pissed off about this week? It cut out on me for a second. You're pissed yeah, the audio's cruise- weird on the song. Well, can you hear me now, Tooze? Well, I can hear, hear me you now? the whole time, but the audio is weird on the song. Okay, fair enough. Well, the song's gone. What are you pissed about? Okay, cruise control, right? You got to go cruise on off, and then you decide what you're going to set it to. Right? Like you don't do that with volume. You don't do that with anything else on the steering wheel. But cruise control always has to have the on off. And I don't understand it. It doesn't make mm. any sense. I feel like it's some antiquated um, carryover from back when things were analog and just everybody's left it in there because we can't take it out because it's some unspoken sacred fucking cow. Just fucking cut it. Well, you're right. I mean, as long as uh, you haven't hit the button. It's not going to turn it on. And every time you tap the brakes, it's coming off anyways. So why do you need yeah, to turn and, it on oh, in the first you hit place? The button, it's not like it's just going to fucking floor it and hit you 88, 88 miles per hour. Like, it just You, you, you might have a point something... this week. You might have a point this it's week. It's not something. I've got a point most weeks. Okay? It's not something eh, that's necessary, needed, I'm not, anything. I'm, I'm going to give you that. Most weeks, you're grasping. You're grasping starts. Heck, one week you jammed uh, uh, like a four-butt uh, bite muffin and just jammed it in your face and almost choked on live television. That's because it was that a was... two-bite butt muffin, the little is one. Is Karen Showalter like, in the States? Is that where is that where she's coming from? Is that what, what I'm seeing Jesus down there? Jesus muscle glasses. I don't she know. She says that at the start of the episode, and I haven't been able to figure out why or what it means. <laughs> Mashup 77, folks. Welcome uh, to another week the Ray Bork. We were just having this argument about, uh, uh, you know, with uh, with multiple people. But what we were doing, Paul Coffee, Ray Bork. It, it came out to be uh, Ray Raymond Bork, and uh, yeah. I'm going to pull up the stats on why this is so. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Coffey, although impressive, 1,400. We don't need games. to talk about no, Paul no, no. Coffey. We don't know. Paul, Paul Coffey, Coffey is not we... fucking impressive. Your son's in U7 right now, right? Paul Coffey, your son a could have played. Your point son per could have game. I'm trying to get to Ray Bork. Who this episode is supposed to be after, and you're going to call me on that, Paul okay? Coffey let's, right let's now? Really Are you kidding me? For a second, let's be really. 1,531 points in 1,409 games. Two plus 298. The guy was impressive. Sean, your son playing U7 could get on the same line as Gretzky and the Moose, and he would be he one of the top 10 point oh scorers God, in defense folks. of all I can't time. Believe I, I can't believe I'm having this on. argument. Hell, Ray Borg, can, okay, Mashup 77 is playing. officially the Paul Coffey. You screwed it up. You screwed it up. You. This is, what, this is the effect of twos ranting over me because I was trying to get to Raymond Bork. We're going to just skip it. I'm too, too late. Ray Bork, gone. Boop. Paul Coffey, number 77, the Paul Coffey of the Tuesday mashup. That's what's happened because of you, sir, because of you. No. Yes. Now, let's get on to the old Paul Coffey, shall we? Old world flooring. You know, even George is like, I bet you Paul Coffey was one heck of a defenseman because he was, folks. Old world flooring. This one's brought to you by old world flooring. They're already wishing they could distance themselves from us two yahoos when we're arguing about coffee or bork. You, maybe. Their their go to crew for for tile and cal you know leave it to a flames fan to just ruin the start of of this you know <sighs> your go to crew for tile in Calgary and surrounding regions kitchen backs a new kitchen backs class handicap accessible showers they do commercial residential jobs new homes renovations European workmanship attention to detail and I was reading their comments on their website www.owf.ltd it's pretty simple you know you go there. And it's just a little form you can fill out to get in contact with George. And uh, one of the things that I, you know, you see in their comments is the, uh, look at you trying to mess with things in the middle of an ad read. Look at what you're doing. You and your little dog-chewed white hat. Oh, my God. 
Have I looked at the standings, George? No, I haven't looked at the standings. I realize it's two games in and everything else. I'm trying to get through your ad read, George, and you and twos, I can just see it here, are trying I'm trying to say that George has a wealth of knowledge, and all the customers are commenting on it that even when things he walks in, oh you, know, you probably do this. Oh, that's a great idea, George. And they listen. That's what George brings to you. So if you got some tiling that needs done inside a house, commercial, etc. OWF.LTD. www.owf.ltd. Old world flooring. I got George commenting. I got twos doing what twos is doing in the background. Look at him. Look at him. He's trying to he's trying to figure it out and he keeps screwing it up. Stop. Oh my God. We are not a real show right now. When I, you want to know what the the live is going to be like? It's going to be like if I choke him out on stage, he finally got it. That's that's <laughs> what you're trying to do? I tried a bunch of different things, but that finally worked. Yeah, this is the Bork episode. The Bork episode. Like all that. That's what he was doing, folks. Oh, this is why Twos could never produce the show. He's got the Bork episode, you know? Okay. All right. Shall we get on with some other things? Do we want to talk about anything else? Or are we going to argue about Raymond I just Raymond want to Bork? be really clear. That you could take a fucking chimpanzee, oh, put him on God. skates, give him a stick, and he would be one of the top all-time scorers when he was playing with those fucking yahoos from back then. Uh-huh. Okay, bud. Any Anything else you got to say? Yeah. Coffee's overrated. All right. Yeah, so, he, he may as well just change his name to Starbucks. Please continue. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the two show. Here we go. All right. The next thing on our list is wrap printing. Ladies and gentlemen, these cards, which are being wetted out, but I don't know how well you can see them. Boom. Look at those. Look at this. Okay. Listen everywhere. Two hundred twenty. This is what I put up with on a daily basis. Okay. Rap printers. I was just talking to Lee earlier today. Great award-winning uh, podcaster. I bet you they're regretting putting that on the card for you right now. They're like, "What is this podcaster. tire fire we have got going on?" Award-winning you know, podcaster. Speaking of tire fires, we have the October, uh, the, the Tuesday mashup live tour starting so, next rap week. Printers. They're in Manitoba. Yeah, they're and awesome they do human beings. All kinds of stuff. Check Great them out. human beings. Okay. Thank you. We guys. have the. T I'm just talking about tire fires, which this start of this 77. The Paul Coffee of episodes has been an absolute Actually, you tire know what? fire. If it is a tire fire, maybe we should call it the Paul Coffee. Event. You know what? It isn't. It, it isn't a tire fire. It's a wagon fire. I tell you what, our wagon is on fire and we are cruising. And you know when? Oh Coffee yeah, used from to light like it up. The, the eight one loss you guys did at your season opener or was it six one? It was eight one, and then we lost. Oh four, yeah, three. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's eight, funny. One. I can't remember. Were you guys in the playoffs last year? Honestly. And, and when you were in the playoffs before that, did how did you fare? Oh, you didn't fare too good? Did, Shut some it. Some years are better than others. Okay? I tell you what, October, next week, I'm trying to do things here. And he just keeps, you know, it's like he's got a man cold, folks. Oh, wait, he does. You know, yes. you should have saw him in the pre-ramble. He was just doing all this. Okay, next <laughs> week, yeah, we got uh, we got next week, where you, you, speaking of shows coming up, October 24th in Lumsden, 7 p.m., Lumsden mm -hmm. Hotel in Stake Pit, October 25th in Bradwell, Hank's Tavern. Uh, we got Cooper Tropow. He's the, you know, he'll be playing after us. So yep. that should be interesting. And then uh, Friday, October 27th in Irma, Alberta at Albert Hall. Um, all the donate, all the all the proceeds of that night are going to one of the community members who lost everything in a in a fire. So pretty cool to be mm -hmm. a part of that, and uh, on a Friday night now, which should be a ton of fun. So that's going to be a fun little week. And we are folks. We got we got mashup seventy eight and seventy seven. Well, yep. today and then next week, and then it's it's go time. So um, and so I've been working on a news desk for it. I still got some work to do yet, but called uh, the but spice it, rack. He wants to call it the spice, the spice rack. rack. Are you going to tell me why it's called the spice rack? Yeah, yeah, because I suck at woodworking. You've never seen this before. Is that off Simpsons? Yes, it's off Simpsons. You you can tell by the people underneath that that are Simpsons people. Oh look, look, there's more Simpsons. Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, this is the spice rack that Homer built, and it looks slightly better than what I've been building. It's been bad. 
so anyway, hopefully I get my shit together. <laughs> but you in know, the meantime, we're calling it the spice rack. We're go we're coming live to you from the spice rack, folks. You know, yep. we try to be a legit show here, not kinda like the NDP, which are not a serious party. But some days I'm like, we are an absolute We are tire not a fire. serious show though. Oh my goodness. Like what a what a way to start out seventy seven. This has just been you know, I'm trying to like guide it to the starting line to start your engine, and we're just laying mm -hmm. spice the spice rack. Mm -hmm. <sighs> anything else? Any anything else you I got coming out of your side? Do you have anything else in the notes? To start. Oy, no, no, oy, that was oy, it. Psychophants saying emperor has no pants. Okay, mm -hmm. here we go. The CBC has a great responsibility not using disparaging terms when describing critics of the federal government. Um, Nagler, the ombudsman from the uh, for the broadcaster, offered the advice in a review of submitted complaint uh, submitted the complaint that argued a story on the CBC News website described false information circulating among supporters of the Freedom Convoy, according to Blacklock's reporter. Quoted, I will take this opportunity to stress to a programmers at CBC they assume a great responsibility when they choose to use terms such as misinformation and disinformation in their stories, Nagler wrote in a review titled Theory or Conspiracy Theory. Quoted, when they do so, they had better be right, because if it turns out down the road the information proved to be correct, they can do great damage to their repu reputation. He said, precision, point, precision is key, and cost in the use of labels when describing people or groups, sometimes it would be safer to say there is no evidence for something rather than proclaiming it to be false, Nagler wrote. Nagler added, CBC News should reconsider its use of the term far-right in stories as well and just stick to the facts. Just stick to the facts. Interesting. This is the CBC ombudsman who has basically no teeth, but his job is to try and keep them in line a little bit. I want to see what their response is to, you know, something like this. Are they going to issue corrections on the last 10,000 articles they've written and take out the words alt-right and far-right and extreme-right? I am the most politically neutral person I have ever met. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Okay. I'm dead serious. Okay. Eh? Should the government? No. Okay, but what if they? No. Okay, but do you think they should? No. Okay. Do I want bailouts for big corporations? No. Do I want affordable housing? No. Do I want affordable housing as a generic concept? Yes. But as far as a government program? No. Okay. Do I want? No. Should we subsidize EVs? No. Should we subsidize solar and wind? No. Should we subsidize oil companies? Also no. Okay? Like, no matter, should we give money to, no, 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 no. Who should get standing ovations in Parliament? Nobody. <laughs> that's it? I don't know. That's kind of the basis right there. How about this? Supreme Court surprises separatists. This? <laughs> I was shocked. The Supreme Court of Canada ruled Friday against federal legislation on the environmental effects of major developments, with five out of seven judges finding most of its finding most of it unconstitutional because it seeks to regulate activities within provincial jurisdictions. Alberta Premier Daniel Smith, whose province challenged the legislation, called it a massive win for provincial rights. She said it gives exclusive Provincial jurisdiction to matters such as building new greenhouse gas-emitting natural gas power plants. I can't believe that's a part of the article. Anyways, that's our exclusive right to be able to make decisions on being able to permit and approve those types of projects, she said. Where they went so wrong is they presumed to step into our jurisdiction to make decisions that fall completely 100% within Alberta's borders. They should stop trying to micromanage our affairs. However, Federal Environment, Environment Minister Stephen Gobot said the court's opinion doesn't strike down the law and won't change how federal assessment have been conducted. He said the government has been cautious in its application. When applying this act, we have tried to ensure we stayed within the federal heads of power. We will certainly continue to do that, he said. What the Supreme Court seems to suggest is that the act is too broad in certain respects, and we need to tighten that. We will work to do that in the coming months. Yeah, so it's kind of, uh, I don't really give a fuck what you think. We're going to find a way to get this through. Funny thing is, you know how the Senate's supposed to be the sober second thought? You know, when, when bills get passed, they're supposed to look at them and determine their, their worthiness, their applicability, their potential constitutionality. The last time the Senate actually 
said, no, a bill is not going to pass was like 92, 93, something like that. We've literally got a whole fucking generation with that entire room full of people making stupid amounts of money, getting ridiculous pensions, travel expenses, shit like that. And they haven't done a single fucking thing in a generation. I'm really surprised, though, at the Supreme Court because it's been fairly well established that it's more or less just stacked with people who have the interests of the Laurentians at heart, right? I think I think that's not really an extreme statement by any means. And even though these people are on the side of the liberals fairly vehemently, this bill sucked so fucking much and it was so far past the purview and beyond the pale and out of the realm of possibility that they still were like, guys, guys, we can't do this. It's just too bad. It's too bad. When the people on your side have to actually stand up and do their fucking job for once, that's how bad this bill was. On a side note, wasn't Morgan Anderson in Mexico last week? Well, she said, or he, I'm not sure which one of them in the picture it is. Is it uh, Morgan? Are you a guy or a girl? That might not tell you which one on the picture it is, but um, dude, it's 2023. Yeah, sorry. Which which one do you identify with? Are you the are you guy the blonde or the, or the beard? Or, uh, yeah, um, they were in Mexico last week, were they not? Punta Cana. Is that what they said? Yes. Never mind. I get they've been there for how long? Are you stand anyways. Okay, it doesn't. Matter. I don't know. But checking in again. Cool. Not they everything. Got two. Not everything two. with a Spanish name is in fucking Mexico, okay? Okay, okay. Easy Racist does prick. it. Oh, easy does it there, white hat. Okay, all right, here we go. Sandy Palm says, uh, and the EEA, EA Act, the Senate was going to strike it down. That's why JT stepped back. That's what it seemed like. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, no, Twos has me so wound tight to start this thing. I just can't even find the buttons right now. New Zealand ruling party goes down and under. <laughs> Conservative former businessman Christopher Luxon will be New Zealand's next prime minister after winning a decisive election victory Saturday. People voted for change after six years of liberal government led for most of the time by Jacinda, uh, Jacinda uh, Ardern. The exact makeup of Luxing's government is still to be determined as ballots continue to be counted. With all the regular votes counted, Luxing's national party hold uh, party got 39% of the vote. Under New Zealand's uh, proportional voting system, Luxing 53 plans to form an alliance with the Libertarian Act Party. Meanwhile, the Labour Party that Hipkins led got just 27% of the vote, a little over half of the proportion it got in the last election under Ardern. And uh, David Farrar, a longtime conservator, conservative pollster, said there was a good chance that Labor would end up holding the seat once all votes were counted. However, he said his initial impression of voting throughout the country was that it was turning out to be a bloodbath for the left. Bloodbath for the left. I thought that was quite the, yeah. quite the uh, comment in a in a in a newspaper clipping. You didn't pick up on the fact that they're doing because New Zealand has, I want to say, proportional representation. So you've got the the riding seats, and then there's a bunch of other seats that go based on the amount of the popular vote you get. And so because of that, they get more they get more interesting viewpoints than just first past the post does, which generally lends itself to a two party system, like the United States, for example, or with the NDP not being a serious party and the bloc being regional. Canada basically is that. And so he's doing a coalition. They needed 121 seats um, for a majority, and they get 61 because he had 50, if I recall correctly. And then 11 seats are held by the Libertarian Party of New Zealand. It's not called that, though. It's called something else. And so they're doing a, a coalition. Now, how cool would it be to have a Libertarian Party being the... It literally, the ACT Party. I brought that up. Plans to form an alliance with the Libertarian ACT Party. Oh, sorry. I was I was reading um, some comments and I must have missed it. I apologize. That's all right. All right. Um, yes. So and Morgan, by the way, is calling out the fact that you seem to think that Putacana is. <sighs> yes, I called it. I that that's Mexico. what I did. Okay. Yeah. So she's saying mm -hmm. I am the girl, the one I identifies in the blonde. Okay, fair. Putacana, but I keep saying Mexico. I just thought Mexico was in my brain. I'm, that's all I was thinking. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. You know that Madrid is also not in Mexico, right? Thanks, Tuz. Hey, 
Thanks. Okay. You know. In Puerto thanks Rico. Give, thanks for giving. You know, no, as in Mexico. If if I didn't have given, if I hadn't given him enough to go with already, he just keeps. He's insufferable this week. Like he comes on, he's like, oh, I'm kind of sick. I'm, you know, my hair's all over. He's whining like a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, yep. now no. he's he's Please yeah continue. pushing on the buttons. All right, mm-hmm. carry on. Whatever. New Zealand, I, cool to see that uh, that they've the, the tides are turning. Tides are turning. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jacinda Ardern, like in the middle of it all, we were sitting here going like, "This is getting bizarre." We watched her leave, and yeah, like how many teeth and... is she gonna have by the end of this? <laughs> is is Canada leaving uh, the UN? Okay, so this this is um, this is interesting with Pierre um, Polyev. Okay. I don't have it pulled up yet, folks. Now I gotta. <clears throat> I tell you what, guys. Sean could never be the producer of this show. Okay, I'll play it from the start. You want to play it from the start? Or not? Sure. Yep. Play. Claiming they will ensure none of that will go to aiding Hamas. If your party is to form government, will you commit to ending funds to the Hamas-linked UNRWA organization? We will end all foreign aid to terrorists, dictators, and wasteful multinational bureaucracies. One of my first actions as Prime Minister will be to carry out a full review of every dollar we send out of this country to make sure that we stop giving money to terrorists, dictators, and useless Marxist international bureaucracies. That will be at the top of my foreign policy list. We're going to bring our money home to Canada and take care of our people in this country. All right. There you go. Here's the thing. I I don't think anybody really picked up on this. I, I don't know why everybody isn't talking about this. Can you think of one more wasteful international bureaucracy? What's what when you say wasteful international bureaucracy? What do you think of? I think of the UN or WEF okay. or not WEF. Uh, I think of the UN, World uh, Health Organization, World maybe Hec- as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, and then and then you say uh, useless Marxist bureaucracy or Marx international Marxist bureaucracy or whichever was his second one, which seemed to be talking about the same thing. Are we going to stop funding the UN? Is that what he just promised? It kind of sounds like it. It sounds a lot like it. This is. Did he? Did Polyev s- suddenly start listening to the mashup? It was like, oh, actually, you know what? These guys are kind of dicks. We should stop sending the money. I don't, I don't know how many people listen to us two yahoos go back and forth. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know, man. There's a lot of like some of it's kind of hilarious. I mean, maybe they got a couple people listening. Uh, <laughs> honestly like what else could he be talking about in this instance other than the un the world health organization well right there heather teppin i just signed a petition calling for uh, can leave the un initiated by dr leslin lewis and uh you know like honestly leslin lewis is badass she uh she steers right into everything we're all talking about and to know that's in the conservative, um, you know, sitting sitting beside him and in different meetings, that's what it sounded like to me, too. It sounded yeah. like he was like, we're going to get rid of, you know, everyone's going, why are we sending billions everywhere and not taking care of what the heck's going on here? And we're like sinking like, you know. And so- there's hardly any visibility on it. And the little bit you do get, there's so much money that we send to places that don't even have national debt. Or if they do, it's the equivalent of a couple hundred dollars a person. Like Nigeria a couple years ago had the equivalent national debt of $250 per person. And we send them, I don't know, it was like $9 million or something like that. Like we've got we've got way more debt per person. They should be sending us money. Ethiopia has no debt per person. Send us money. All these other countries that have way better balance sheets than we do. Why are we sending them money? Why are we living off credit and they're in the black and we're still sending them money? They should be sending us money. And to be clear, I don't think anybody should be sending anybody money. Figure your own shit out. But 
if money was going to go in one direction, it should be this way and not that way. Union leader doubles down on Middle Eastern war. Man, if this this is like this guy has been getting some some airtime on the old mashup, you know. First it was it was uh it was the LGBTQ2SLIA+. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um uh, that, the, that... the I in that is now stands for Israel and the P stands for Palestine. They Correct. just updated it. Yeah. Yes. So, so Ontario Labor Minister uh David Piccini is taking one of the province's union leaders to task over comments and social media posts about Israel. Piccini mm-hmm. sent a letter to Coopy uh Ontario President Fred Hahn. Uh, who you may remember kind of looks like uh, some crazy cartoon character from like yeah he does he looks like a character from like Pinocchio he's got like a weird like look to him like or... if Geppetto smoked crack <laughs> uh, you know I bet you if you put that into uh, um, AI they'd come out with some great they just show drugs. you the picture of this fucking guy yeah probably President Fred Han who has faced criticism for his social media posts over the weekend. Um, in the wake of brutal Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel, Han posted supportive comments on X. No, you cannot make this up. In one post, he said, resistance is fruitful, and no matter what some might say, resistance brings progress. While in another post, uh, another he posted a graphic with the flo- slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That slogan is uh, called wipeout the state of Israel and is wildly considered Ooh, anti-Semitic. It's a dog whistle. <clears throat> It is they like to unaccept- say that about everything we say. And and then Puccini was commented as saying, quoted as saying, it is unacceptable for anyone, especially the head of a major union in Ontario, to support glorifying the persecution and murder of innocent Jewish uh, people. As Han faced blowback on social media for his comments, he posted again that he couldn't believe anyone believed he would support violence. Uh, for anyone to imagine that I would have ever endorsed violence is horrific to me. Speaks volume about the times we're in. I've spent my adult life fighting for justice for workers, building power and solidarity for working people to resist, to win better. Han posted, I've never celebrated violence. Hoping for people to be free is not violence, Han said. And then the final comment in there was, uh, no, but posting uh, celebratory words and images in the wake of that terror attack is showing support for violence. How could Han not think he was supporting this brutality, giving his posts and the timing? Yeah, the guy's a moron. Here's the thing is that a union leader's public comments as a union leader should start and stop with worker benefits. So unless he's trying to get Hamas to ratify um, a a workers agreement um, under Palestine where they can have, you know, the collective bargaining and, you know, get things like sick days for suicide bombers and um, and the paratroopers. you know, have their have their parachutes funded for them so that they don't have to bring their own in. And and maybe everybody gets an extra few hundred rounds of ammunition every year or something like that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that that's the only thing you could possibly say as a union leader that would make a lick of sense. And it's incredibly farcical on its own. Right. Sick, sick days for for suicide bombers. Yeah, and probably better medical benefits too, right? <laughs> you got to make sure you got good teeth. <laughs> the NDP throw a serious party. Delegates at the new... Well, actually, you know what? While I'm here, I'm just going to play this on repeat so that people can see... <clears throat> Muted. As the cops go racing in. So delegates of the new Democratic Convention have made PharmaCare uh, the red line in their deal with the Liberals saying they will withdraw their support if the minority government doesn't adhere to their demands. The confidence and supply agreement requires the government uh, to table legislation on PharmaCare framework by the end of the year in exchange for the NDP's support on key votes in the House of Commons. On Saturday, the party unanimously passed a non-binding emergency resolution that says they will cut the deal if PharmaCare isn't universal and entirely a public program. The reality is Liberals only act when new Democrats force them. That's how we got Medicare. And that's how we were going to win PharmaCare as well, said Singh in his keynote address prior to his leadership review. An expert panel appointed by the Liberal uh, Liberals recommended in 2019 that a universal single-payer public pharmacare system should be created in Canada to replace the current pat- patchwork of prescription and drug plans. Uh, a first draft uh, a version of the Liberals' pharmacare bill was rejected by the New Democrats last week. As the clock ticks with less than two months left in the current 
uh, parliamentary sitting. And then, of course, with the video that's on current replay, um, this is what happened at their uh, um, at their. Uh, what, what am I looking? What, what's the word I'm looking for here, Tuz? At their this is their convention. annual convention. Okay, and this this didn't get crashed by a bunch of bunch of anarchists or anything like that. Oh. This is their oh. own people just stirring up shit. And so they called up the police, the very people that they wanted to fund to come in and save them. The other thing you didn't point out from that article is that the party is on track to retire its 2021 election debt debt by next year. Okay. A year before the next election, they're going to finally square the books. Okay. These guys are broke as fuck. You ever wonder why they keep supporting the, the liberals? Okay. It's because they can't afford to do another election and they're tanking the polls. Anyway, their message stinks. They passed a non-binding emergency resolution. Can you think of anything more pointless? Just for context, it was uh, it was pro-Palestine people that went into their convention, and four they were pro-Palestine NDP people who were there. Four four of the people got booted out of the party for supporting. What they were yeah, doing. like they they weren't just interlopers; these were part of the party. Okay, and and then it was funny. Actually, I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see that? That uh, pro-Palestine woman being interviewed with the AK-47 earrings? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, those are the kind of thing that would actually be pretty cool if it wasn't for the fact that they've just become the tiki torches of Palestine. But anyway, yeah, so just the, the NDP are a shit show. They continue to be a shit show, and there's always something fun to talk about in terms of how stupid and pointless they are. Every time we think we're going to get rid of... Uh... Uh, get rid of them. They they seem to just uh... well, they can't go anywhere because they're right. broke. Mashup ahead of the curve again. This seems like a common little thread here, twos. I might say. Well, I don't know. I kind of like to toot our own horn when I I, I feel like this is deserved. The, right? Well, Not this is deserved because we either. literally just talked about this. This we was talked a... about this, and then the story broke two days later. It says, With no new information. And and then what we're talking about is, despite the federal government's claims that the embassy in Israel was operational, operational, a new report confirms that it was, in fact, closed as Canadians sought help during, and I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just, like, traveling because we literally talked about this a week ago. We covered this on Monday, and we broke down how the official narrative was bullshit and how... If it's open in Tel Aviv, why are they giving you uh, an Ottawa area? An Ottawa code? number. Right? So the okay. attacks began on Saturday and yep. thanks on Thanksgiving weekend, which we were pointing out. Outside of the normal business hours, many Canadians turned to emailing Global Affairs Canada after being unable to visit or reach officials at the embassy in Tel Aviv. And so in the middle of all these terror attacks, you have your embassy. Nobody can get it. Nobody can. Mm -hmm. So you're, mm -hmm. you're trapped. So you're calling Canada for help. But the official government response is, oh, yes, it's we're definitely open. It's we're operational. definitely open. Call call this number. Don't look up where it is. Just call it, right? And so we were the first people, to, to the best of my knowledge, to point this out. This news article broke two days after the mashup covered it. Uh, I can't argue with you on that. The whole point of technology is to delegate jobs people don't want to do. And... Um, I just gonna read the headline because I read the, st the story was kind of fun. The guy was pretty. The, the story was a little kind of. AI over the is place. coming. George R. R. Martin is suing the makers of Chat GPT after a fan used it to finish the final two books of a song of ice and fire. Okay, uh, <laughs> so I mean, he has zero interest. How in many fans do we have? How many people we got out there that are Game of Thrones fans that have actually read the books, or just watched multiple TV shows? times? Multiple times read the books. There you go. So, okay. are you excited right. for Chat GPT to finish? I want to read. I want to read the Chat GPT books because George R. R. Martin shows no signs of ever finishing this. He's a high calorie human, so he's probably going to die soon. And he has explicitly said that he does not want anybody to posthumously complete this story. So, if he dies, that's it. No one ever gets to find so out. So, why do you think he? What do you think he's hung up on? It's probably just all over. Like, it was a popular series, but it was a niche series. 
And then all of a sudden you're just doing this thing, you're going along and it blows up and it becomes the biggest thing on the fucking planet for years. And then there's, there's all these expectations and this, this sort of like, well, what if I don't do it exactly perfectly? And the guy is a genius. Like these, these are literally the best books you're ever going to read. Okay. But there's, there's all of this. If, if he was just some medium successful author, right? Um, like he, he did another book about um, some planet on a long parabolic curve around the earth. And yeah, you know what I mean? And, so, I mean, he's done other stuff that isn't great. He wrote Beauty and the Beast back in the 80s with um, with the chick from Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. Okay. That show she was in. He used to write for that. He's done some other stuff, and some of it's kind of been okay. Yeah, but, but then he just starts knocking brilliant. it out of the... Exactly, right? And so now he's looking at it like, fuck, what if I don't get this exactly right? What if this isn't perfect? What if it isn't amazing? Okay? And I think he's just all twisted up in his own head. And it's going to be easier to just be like, okay. Because the other thing is that the ends of series tend to suck, right? When everything gets wrapped up in a neat little bow, it's kind of hard to do it in a way that isn't underwhelming because I don't know that the main, the protagonists have overcome so much adversity that they're so amazing at that point that it's just, a, it's an uninteresting fight generally speaking at the ends of these series like even wheel of time and i'm probably gonna get some hate for this but i mean at least the the show isn't fucking horrible okay but but the last couple books not great not great at all and brandon sanderson's written some great things right um there's that other series he did that that was medieval and then went into the wild west afterwards awesome right but the last couple wheel of time books yeah Right. So it's it's hard to wrap these things up tight. There's all this expectation. I'm pretty sure he's just gonna die because it's easier to do than to not live up to all of this expectation. It's, so it's I actually wanna I wanna get a hold of these chat GPT books and read them because they're all we're ever gonna see. It's the only satisfying conclusion I have a hope of at this point. Because you know it's funny, like uh, like uh, the the other series I think of that wasn't finished while it got uberly pop or popular was um was Harry Potter like JK Rowling hadn't like she had mm, I don't yep. think she'd finished the books when they got no like, no Uber. she hadn't and yet like she finished it and it was phenomenal mm. and I'm like how like the movies you... were already coming out but by the time she finished because she told Snape like uh shoot what's his name from Die Hard yeah 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 I, I, I... Hans Gruber Sure. He was in Lady and the Highwayman. He's been in or Anyways. Sorry, uh Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Yeah, I just anyway. go like how can um, you be but... that brilliant and not be able to put a bow on it and just finish it? Like that must drive him nuts to have like his project sitting there, not finished, not done, just hanging over him like Ugh, Alan Rickman? Is that his name? Yeah, that's that's who I was trying to think of. No Thank kidding. you, Jamie. Um nice abs. Um, I, yeah, I just, I look at it and I'm like, man, what a painful ordeal to be, because like, can you imagine if Harry Potter came out and it ended on book six and it just never, I would go insane. So I feel your pain. I, I guess I watched the TV mm -hmm. show. I, I started reading the books. They were, they were fantastic for whatever reason I got in the show. I thought the, sh I thought the TV show and you're probably gonna be like, you're wrong. And I'm like, that's fine. You are. But the TV show was phenomenal. Okay. It and, was, it was. And I just literally went right like this. Up until, right I was up until like, past the books. I was right part past the books. Sure. I was like literally in whatever book. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to watch this because this is phenomenal TV. And um, they did such a great job until the last season. Such a great job. It was, it was fantastic. It started, it started dropping off a couple seasons before that. The things that there was two things that I absolutely hated about the series, um, even while it was really good. Um, one of them was, I think it was in season two of the Battle of Blackwater, where Tyrion went to every single metalsmith in the city and had them building the big links and the big chain links and nobody knew what the hell it was for. And then it was his genius that trapped all the ships in there in the bay with that chain going across the, the mouth of the harbor so that they could all be burned. And nobody ever knew that it was him that had basically saved the city 
with this little bit of genius that he'd been taking hell for the whole book. Why are you doing this? You're wasting so much money. You're an idiot. You're just this little imp. Get out of here, right? And then, oh, oh, actually, it ended up being really, really right. And then the other thing was, was that um, when the, oh, shoot, um, uh, Martel, uh, when he fought the mountain. Come to Tuesday Mashup, Paul Coffee, where we talk Lord you know of the what? Rings. You okay, no, and... no, we'll move. We'll, we'll cover it some other week. Let's keep moving. Game of Thrones. I, I'm not upset. All right, Gay Pride Tape is a sticky issue. I didn't enjoy this article, so this is all I took from it, okay? This was oh, yeah, long, yeah. This is, this the is star long, fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, this was the Toronto Star. In June, when Bettman addressed the end of special jerseys uh, and warm-ups, he said, players who chose uh, choose to model them can do that. It's really just the question of what's on the ice. It's It was similar to Major League Baseball, which took pride logos off uniforms during games in the name of protecting players who didn't want to wear them. Basically, this guy railroads Batman as being out of touch and trying to be inclusive and not mm -hmm. being inclusive. But I think most hockey fans are, you know, it sucks that they don't get to wear all these different things because it was cool if it's, you know, army night or whatever. But what they're doing is they're taking the politics out of hockey. So it can just be hockey. Here's, it's not a, it's an imperfect response. The best response would just be to line up every single historic jersey, the army one, the gay pride one, the, I don't know, the black face one if you're playing in Ottawa, whatever cancer. the hell, right? Any, all of them, you just, you just line it up and you just be like, look, you got 50 jerseys you can pick from at the start of every game. We don't give a shit. Fill your boots. Sure. Right. And then if you feel like doing gay pride, you can do gay pride. And if you feel like, you know, um, one that brings awareness to fighting cancer, you can do that. And if they've got one for diabetes, sure. Right. And if they've got one for, Alien abductions. Could we get a Tuesday mashup jersey in there? What do you think it might look like, Sean? <laughs> uh, well, we could show off uh, a little bit of this. Could it, could it look like that? It could look like that. What else might it look like, Sean? Oh, that's sharp. I think I'm going to get one of those. So if you come to, uh, you know, what a way to wrap up. Uh, uh, this has been, well, we got we got happy news still. But, uh, you know, if you come to uh, uh, Lumsden, Bradwell, Irma, while supplies last, there is going to be some Tuesday mashup shirts. Everybody's been asking for them. What, what better reason to get out of the house and come to one of those locations, eh? Yeah. When do I get a Tuesday oh, mashup shirt? Colin, finally. I know yes. people have been asking people have been asking for these for for a while and I think as much as it would have been great to get some out sooner these are worth the wait. These are pretty good. I don't even know if we ever need to design another t-shirt in our lives. Oh, I'm sure we'll have some issues and and we'll have to redesign something. But here's the cool thing, if you come to the shows, why uh while while they last, they're going to be live on location. These are going to be these are getting made specifically for October for the world tour. Where's the chicken fighting the donair shirt? We didn't. <laughs> it's coming. It's in. It's in the Jamie. It's coming. All right. It's okay. coming. It's coming. Anyways, people are people are fired up about uh, Tuesday mashup shirts. And if you're not watching, that's too bad. Now you're really gonna have to come to one of the locations. Yeah. Uh, to uh, to uh, see what they're all about. All right. Up Squash Creek. You want to talk about the happy news this week there, good sir? Well, this this whole thing got thrown at me about 20 minutes ago. or Well, actually, about 20 minutes before I sat down. So, like, two hours ago. And somebody had mentioned that there was a guy in Ontario who was trying to beat some record by paddling a pumpkin down a river. And then I Googled it. I couldn't find it. But I found this one from last week, or not even last week. It was, like, four days ago, where... Uh, a man from Lebanon. So, I mean, I know everything's about the Middle East right now, but this is Lebanon, Missouri. Uh, is He floated down the R Missouri River in a giant pumpkin. Steve Cooney traveled 39 miles in a 1,200-pound gourd to break the previous record of 38 miles. So, apparently, this is some kind of, like, uh, a, a thing, like drag racing, but 
but pumpkin squash style. And, yeah. And so everybody around the world is trying to just slowly just they don't want to just blow the records right out of the water. It seems like this slight one up it so that they can just be a little bit better. And then the next person still can do it. And the next person still can do it. And I feel like maybe it's just this crazy underground thing. This is like blood sport for horticulturalists. And I just want to learn more about it. Yeah. All I could think of is, is Hartley used to tell a story when he was back living in Australia. One of the guys he lived with or friends of his, they used mm -hmm. to drink box wine. And so what he did was he created. We can get that in Canada. He created a raft out of all the box wine. Like and then he, he just reinflated the bags. Yes, and then built a little raft out of it and took it out into like I can't remember. Those are hefty the, bags. I can't like remember if it was would, the ocean or, or it doesn't matter. Harley, it could does tell matter because the, the ocean is a pretty big place. I don't know. I'll, I'll bug him anyway, about it. You bug him about did, it. But, did he ever get that bottle of whiskey that I left for him? I don't know. Did he? No, probably not. I don't know. You're Maybe. looking at it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm in sober <laughs> October. I'm day, what is it? Day 16 today. Twos. Oh, Nothing. you look great. Your skin is just. Yeah, I'm feeling great. I can't tell if it's the garlic or the sobriety. Yeah. It's the sobriety. It's coming through the, uh, the hair follicles. It's really uh, shiny tonight, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're in the Lloyd Mints. Okay. Um, with with the wrap of 777, seven, this is a shorter one. 46 minutes, man. We And we argued for like 20 minutes to start. We didn't talk about a whole lot today, did there we? Was, there was. There was All there was this week in the news was just Israel Palestine, Israel Palestine, Israel Palestine. And basically, if if you've got a definitive stance on this one way or the other, you're probably being a bit of a dick. I actually watched a little CNN today. Um, Why? Because I was out at the farm and my mom had it on and it was about Why? CNN. And I was like, I, Does I she got know that you have a news show. I like literally sat and watched it for like five minutes. I'm like, I got to turn this off. This is this is. This isn't good. Anyways, there were yeah. It was what they had a pro. They had a, a live news conference in New mm -hmm. York City, and they were showing all the cities in the United States that had the largest Jewish populations. And I was like, and they were talking about the United States have no place for anti. And I was just like, what is happening? Well, they could come over to the NDP. There seems to be plenty of room there. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, here's here's the thing, real quick. This Sean brings up a really good point that that I should have beat him to, but didn't. I wonder what's actually going on when all they report on is the new war. And here's the thing: these are the people that have made it very clear that they're okay with lying to you about anything and everything over the past several years. So, how much of it do you want to believe? I don't know what the right answer is, and I don't even know. I've never been there. The whole fucking place may not even exist. That's how little trust I have in the media. It exists. Have you been there? My parents have. Your mom watches CNN. We can't trust her. <laughs> All right. If you're if you if you're in the Lloyd Minster area next Friday and you can't make it to Irma, uh, Mark Friesen is going to be at the uh, Ark Church talking about uh, Soji. That probably just got us removed from every platform, that word, um, and a couple other things, smart cities. Well, what if you were talking things. about the mayor of Edmonton? Sure. Yep. We're talking about the mayor of Edmonton. That's what we're talking yep. about. Talking um, about the mayor of Edmonton. He, the, the grizzly patriot, Mark Friesen, he's going to be in Lloyd Minster. Um, he ran for the PPC. He did. And he's going to be talking uh, at uh, the Art Church. That's uh, Friday at 7 p.m., October 27th. Now, that is one thing. Of course, if you're listening to this show, certainly, and if you can't make it to Irma, Albert Hall will be there as well. If you want one of those fancy teas, bring your dollars. If you're coming to Irma, make sure you bring money for donations for the family. All the proceeds, all the beer sales go in there. Uh, if you're going to um, either Lumsden or Bradwell, you do not need tickets. It is first come, first serve, jam that place full. It's going to be a fun, tight, little packed venue. What else can I say? Donations. We'll take donations because yeah. I mean we're we're not we're not charging to get in. Uh, just come have fun. If you want to make a donation, you want to buy a shirt. All that's great. It's appreciated. Um, anything else? If you too, just want to drink beer. That's okay too. That's okay too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, have you decided on Substack versus Patreon? Yeah, I. I it looks like <coughs> it looks like it's going to be Substack. Okay. I haven't had. I have. I don't know if I've had a single person defend Patreon. How wild is that? 
it's not. They're fucking horrible. Well, I guess so. Nobody's, I have a Patreon, by the way. Nobody's. Nobody. <laughs> nobody's. I don't it. do anything with it at all, ever. You know, like I got, I got all the world for for Tom Longo, and me and him had a conversation, and he's still is on Patreon. But it's funny, like people have been getting booted off of it, so they can't get yeah, their payments for years. through. And you're like, oh, no, 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 that's like Jordan Peterson saying too much, and you get booted off. This is like people want to pay money to Patreon. And their credit cards won't work. They get booted off, and on and on it goes. And you're like, this mm. is strange. So, um, yeah, it looks Have like they tried Substack. Paying the bills. It looks like Substack is going to be yep. where it's coming. Okay. Uh, we're targeting either the end of October, end of November. We'll see. But the the plan is to get off Patreon, move everything over to Substack, which means paywall coming to Substack, and um, all the content from Can you uh, have levels of paywall over. in Substack. Um, like you put out free stuff and behind yes. the paywall? Yes, you okay. can. For yeah. sure you can. Yeah. So no worries. There's going to be free stuff, but there's also going to be... So it can be a one-stop shop then. Yes, it less, can. Less URLs to navigate. Correct. Won't that be fun? Yeah. Cool. Well, folks, we uh, we were going... We were going to... Hey, sweet. Sweet. There hey. you go. We were going to call it the Ray Bork, you know, but it is now the coffee, the Ray Coffee... Because of, of at, at only 51 minutes, it came up short. <sighs> we'll see you next week, Twos. To all you lovely people out there, we'll catch up to you on the next one. 78. Thanks, and uh, we hope to see you somewhere along the tour next week because that's that, it's coming very, 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 very fast. And I can't wait to be at the, uh, what, are we, what are we calling it? What are, the Pepper Stack? The World Tour? No, the, the what the, the what now? Oh, the spice rack. It's the spice rack. Can't wait to be coming live from the spice rack. Yep. Anyways, till then, folks. Was, I think that but um was uh was about my awesome uh, clincher joke regarding Paul Coffee, or at least my latest awesome clincher joke regarding Paul Coffee. Uh, would you me. like me to keep going? Would you like me to just keep talking about this? Should should I should I? Keep... Thanks for tuning in, folks. That's going to be the end of it. We'll catch you next week.